Samara Islar is an assistant professor of theater here at Goshen College. Her passion is scholarship and performance, yet as a missionary, Tamara prefers to be called simply a child of God. Uh, so let's join in welcoming Tamara Islar. I believe God, I believe God, ask what you will, and it shall be given, trust and obey, let him have his way, I believe, I believe God. There is a great deal I could say about my faith journey, but I'd like to start from the very beginning. After several attempts to conceive, my parents were told by a doctor that they were unable to have children. My mother was devastated. She called my grandmother and she asked her to pray. Sometime later, my grandmother called my mother back and she said, I heard a word from the Lord. She said, the Lord said you are going to have babies. And my mother halted for a second and said, but I just asked for a baby. And my grandmother said that she didn't have much to do with that, but that's what the Lord said. <laughs> I am living proof of that prof prophecy. I am one of three girls that my mom and dad had. So as you can see, my life started from a mustard seed of faith. Just like Jeremiah, before I was formed in the womb, God knew me. So in order to know who I am, you must first know whose I am. Although I am an artist, sister, daughter, granddaughter, teacher, student, mentor, mentee, songwriter, actress, etc., I am a child of God. I was brought with a price. I am saved, sanctified, fire baptized, and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I am anointed and highly favored. Yet God is not a respecter of person, hence what he has done for me he will also do for you. This has been paramount in my faith story. In a society of exclusion, it has been awesome to be a part of a Christian experience that would love me in spite of my appearance and love me in spite of my actions. In my faith experience, we were taught to love everybody regardless of if they loved you in return. Matthew 5th chapter verses 44 through 46 states, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same. I grew up in church. The first scripture I ever uttered before the congregation was John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So as the story goes, it was Easter service, and I was sitting with uh, a couple of other young people that went out before the church, and they went in order and they got to me. They came to me and I looked at the congregation and they looked at me. And I looked at the congregation, and they looked at me. So my mother alarm kind of walked up and sat on the front row, and she whispered to me, for God so loved the world. And I whispered back, for God so loved 
the world. So now, years later, I am standing at Goshen College among fellow believers sharing my faith story and my faith experience. When you would hear the leader say, praise the Lord, the congregation would shout out, hallelujah, or something of that sort. So I come from an experience of worship and praise. I come from an environment where if we can't say a word, we'll just wave our hands. I come from a tradition of moaning, of stretching out your hands in submission to Christ. I come from a tradition of fasting and praying. Hence, I believe in the word and the validity of the power of God. I believe in prophecy. I believe in speaking in unknown tongues, in laying of hands, and in dancing in the spirit. For Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Mark 15 chapter verses 17 through 18 states, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I come from a tradition which believes the same God of the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same God today, which means that if we can tap into that power right now, we can if we believe. Additionally, in my faith experience, we had something called testimony services. And if you're not quite sure what that means, they would have a couple of people who would get up and lead praise and worship service, and they would open things up for testimony. It was impromptu. People would get up like popcorn and get up and testify to tell about the goodness of the Lord. And, and I believe in that power, being able to testify. But when I was younger, I did not, was not always so obedient. So in my family, on New Year's Eve, we would actually come to church and we would bring in the new year, we would have church and testimony service. And I remember sitting in that church service and they had people were asking for you to testify. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And right when I felt the urge, testimony service was closed. And so I remember sitting down in the pew thinking, oh no, the rest of my year is going to be horrible because I was disobedient and I didn't testify. And so I was always one that was able kind of to hide how I was feeling. So I was in church, sitting next to my sisters, and my family was around. I was just a smiling. But all I could think about is when this year is over, I'm going to have a horrible year because I was disobedient, and I did not testify. So the service moves on, and I'm just a smiling. And the minister, Bishop Blaine, gets up. He was the bishop who married my parents. And he gets up, and he starts to give the sermon, and he stops. And he says, I have a word from the Lord. Somebody in here is, is going through a turmoil. And he looks right at me and he points at me and he says, God said that you wanted to testify, but that you didn't. And so at that time, I began to cry. And it wasn't tears of sadness, but tears of joy that me, being the only person sitting down, that God would look down at me and stop the entire order of service just to say, my child, I see you. So now, I'm the first person to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm the first one to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. This is the tradition and commandment of praise I remember and embrace. 
But the Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. So in my tradition, it was not an option or a suggestion, but it was a commandment. I can remember singing songs such as, glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down, or the old songs I feel like going on, or we come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, or victory is mine, or oh, it is Jesus, it is Jesus in my soul. And I won't forget what a friend we have in Jesus. But there's a song that's been placed on my heart that speaks to the trials and struggles that we had to endure. And the song lyrics are, I'm, I have learned how to live holy, and I've learned how to live right. But I've since, as I started to move forward in my Christian walk, I've changed those lyrics. And now the lyrics simply say, I am learning how to live holy. I'm learning how to live holy. And oh, I'm learning how to live right. I'm learning how to suffer. For if I suffer, I'll gain eternal, eternal life when I see Jesus. Amen. When I see the one who died for me, when I see the one who set me free, amen. All my troubles will be over when I see Jesus. Amen. These songs speak to perseverance amidst the struggles of life. They also speak to the sacrificial offering of Jesus' blood to atone for our sins. Hence, in my faith tradition, it is an expectation that we will have to struggle, yet we will remain victorious if we faint not. Galatians 6.9 reads, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 reads, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 reads, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. And so in my tradition is this idea that if you have no test, then you will not have a testimony. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, we hear the parable of the wheat and the tares. In this parable, the good man goes out and he sows the wheat. And as he is asleep, the enemy comes in and starts to sow tares. And when the good man wakes up, he discovers that the wheat and the tares, they have to grow side by side. But in the time of harvest or in the time of judgment, then the tares and the wheat will be separated. And so in my faith tradition, we believe that the just shall live by faith because it rains on the just and on the unjust. In my tradition, we believe in standing strong in our values. In my family, I have heard stories of persecution, discrimination, favoritism, etc. But I've also observed my parents and my grandparents go through variant storms and they came out victorious. They always believe that the just shall live by faith. For in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 38 and 39, it reads, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul hath no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And so one of the things that always stayed with me 
and growing up was Romans chapter 8, verses 35 and 37 through 39. And this is one that I believe you will find familiar. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. So as a child, I watched how my parents handled tribulation. And from that observation, I've learned that there were Christians who actually lived the life they preached about. So as a child, a child through observing those around me, I learned not to look through life through natural eyes, but through the spiritual eyes. Ephesians 6, chapter, chapter 6, verses 12 through 13 reads, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. I experienced the peculiar sense of being protected by the hand of God many times while growing up. But I'm going to share one of those experiences with you. I lived in Alabama, and we had a house that set up on a hill, and the driveway kind of went down, and there was a street, and then it went into this kind of place of trees and grass, foliage, wooded area that wasn't yet built. So my little sister and I, we were actually... <laughs> cleaning out the car, and she inadvertently put the car in reverse. And then she gets out and calls my name. And so I look up and I see her, and the car is moving a little slowly at the time, and I'm starting to wonder why is she moving further away? And then I realize that the car is moving down the hill, headed towards the street and down towards that area that had the trees and the foliage and the big little ditch that kind of went down. So I was young at the time and knew after observing my parents that I could just take the gear shift and just move it into park. And so I kept trying to put it in park, but nothing happened. I was too young at the time to realize that you had to put your foot on the brake and then move the gear shift to park. And so I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. By that time, my sister had gone in the home and she had brought my parents out. And my parents saw me moving towards the street and towards that area where the car was gonna move down towards the trees. And they were telling me to get out of the car. And so I gave up, and I was obedient. I got out of the car. And I remember somehow after getting out of the car, I ended up laying flat on my back. So I was so excited that I had gotten out safely that I set up very quickly. And there was this power that pressed me back down towards the ground, and my head hit the concrete. And as I was laying flat trying to realize what had just happened, I looked up, and the door was still remained open, and the edge of the door had gone over my head. That, to me, is another story of how God continues to protect me from danger seen and unseen. Even though I have powerful testimonies, I could not hold on to the coattails of my parents. I come from a long line of pastors and bishops, preachers, deacons, trustees, Sunday school teachers, worship leaders, prophetess, ushers. My grandfather, DeWitt, was a preaching deacon. He was the one that would, would pray, but then it went on long and long. I could be where. 
My grandfather Islar was an assistant pastor of a large church in Washington, D.C. My grandmother Islar is a missionary. My grandmother Dewitt is an evangelist, though she is ordained as an elder. My mother, my grandmother was a Sunday school teacher. My, excuse me, my great-grandmother was a Sunday school teacher, and my great-grandfather was a pastor of several churches simultaneously, and so on. So with all this anointing and faith and spiritual scholarship, I knew that I had it made. All I had to do was go up into heaven and look out and say, you see, I'm with them people over there, those anointed people of God, that's, excuse me, that's my people over there, I'm, I'm with them. But I learned, unfortunately, as a young child, it was unfortunate that I could not make it to heaven simply by pulling on someone else's coattails, but I had to develop a personal relationship. Hence, I attended with my sister Sunday school, morning, evening services, prayer meetings, BTU. We went to nursing homes and we had family Bible study. So even though I have had these powerful testimonies, as a young, at a young age, I believed and learned that God is not a respecter of persons, that what he has done for me, he would do for others. Second Chronicles 19, chapter, verse 7 says, Wherefore now, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of persons. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 reads, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I have perceived that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So hence in the story of my childhood, the messages are rooted in perseverance, study, obedience, discipline, prayer, and faith. There are two other stories that I prepared to share with you, but for time's sake, I'm gonna move on towards the conclusion. And I wanna leave you with this. Goshen is not my home. I'm just passing through. Kentucky, is not my home, I'm just passing through. South Carolina is not my home, I'm just passing through. I believe this world is not my home. I simply have a passport and I am just living this day, this time just to live again. Galatians 6 chapter verses seven through eight reads, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruptions. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Hence from my experiences, I believe God is preparing me for a time and a place. I believe God is telling me where to go and when to go and I am being obedient. Because I believe that through the journeys I am going through, he's preparing me for where he would like for me to be next. Similar to the story of Joseph where Joseph went through a certain bits. Things that he thought wasn't going to be the way it was. He went through certain storms and tribulations. And I believe that in life we have our good parts and we have our low parts. But we have to keep faith and keep moving on. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just use just what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Oh, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. I got faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just use just what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. God bless you. <laughs>